0: Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpeny, Head of Research, Global Markets EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday, 10th November, 2023. And joining Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Michael Owen, Head of Global Client Desk EMEA. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation but for information purposes only
1: good afternoon derek good afternoon michael a week ago the dollar had a bad week after the fomc and the non-farm payrolls and it looks set to fall further But a week later, and here we are, and the dollar is strong against nearly all G10 currencies. I guess a talk of the turn in the dollar was perhaps a little premature. Is that your take as well, Derek? And what helped the dollar to rebound this week?
2: Thanks, Michael. Yeah, um, definitely a week ago, things looked uh, looked quite different. We certainly thought there was scope for the move to be extended. Um, But as you mentioned, that hasn't really happened. Uh, The Swedish krona is just about unchanged on the week against the dollar. So in other words, the, the stocky has performed as well as the US dollar pretty much against the rest of G10. There was nothing really specific there. Perhaps you know, the Rix Bank is conducting its hedging program that essentially means selling uh, foreign currency, buying stocky. So that may have been a feature in the flows this week that made it a more dominant uh, aspect than, than in other weeks. And that's kind of helped Stocky to hold up. There was certainly nothing fundamental for Stocky to have performed as well as it did relative to the rest of g10 um but outside of that yeah like the, the european currencies held up better euro swiss franc with the other um best performing currencies in g10 and then you had the the kind of global growth high beta currencies aussie and kiwi were the worst performing and then the japanese yen uh, in behind again there was nothing there was nothing clear-cut in terms of a specific feature for for, for dollar strength, maybe just the sell-off last week was 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 overdone, and there was scope for uh, some rebound. We did see the commodity uh, price space. Certainly, we saw some pretty notable declines. The, the Bloomberg commodity index is down nearly two and a half percent this week, and so that may help to explain, for example, Aussie and Kiwi. Also, we had the RBA uh, meeting, while they did raise rates, there was a dovish guidance. Uh, In terms of the the potential for the RBA being more comfortable to to stay on hold. So we did see a drop in yields, although some of that has been reversed today on the back of the the monetary policy statement, which saw some upward revisions to inflation and, and growth. But overall, I think that the commodity price drop is certainly something that has been supported for the US dollar more generally. And then I think towards the tail end of this week, we've had some some factors. Obviously, the thirty-year auction, we had a very bad auction yesterday. The the tail on the the yield it was five basis points relative to where we were trading before the auction, and that was the the worst result on that measure. Uh, when actually the, the second worst, I think, in in the last 10 years. So pretty, pretty poor 30 year auction. And that resulted in a pretty sharp rebound in yields. Uh, And then some comments from Powell as well, suggesting that the Fed are not entirely confident that they've done enough in terms of the the, the monetary tightening, which, again, you know, it's uh, I think the Fed are always going to leave open the potential for uh, for more rate hikes. So yeah, it's kind of a, a mishmash of factors nothing really stand out if you like um but it has resulted in in uh, as you said a kind of a broader recovery for the dollar to me I think if I was to it was if I was to make kind of one key point here in terms of the the dollar view going forward, you know we we do think the dollar can weaken but we do have quite relatively cautious, forecasts for the extent of weakness in the first half of next year and that's partly down to the fact that you know for the dollar to really sustain dollar selling and to depreciate you know on on a trend basis if you like you need to have you know pretty decent global growth backdrop because obviously if you're selling the dollar uh, what are you going to buy? And um, if you have strong global growth, or even just a pickup in global growth, you have more options for uh, for buying currencies versus the US dollar. And I think maybe this week is a is a kind of an illustration of the inability of the dollar to weaken on a sustained basis, given the very fragile global growth backdrop that we have at the moment. And and I think that, to me, is is as good an explanation for the recovery of the dollar this week. Now, we did have some upper divisions from the IMF in terms of growth from, from China. But generally speaking, you know the data in the UK, the data from Europe, it's still not particularly um, pretty, and it certainly continues to point to relatively flat growth um, over the next 12 months. And in that sense, while we think the dollar can weaken, the the scope for dollar weaknesses is is still relatively contained
1: because of that weak global growth backdrop. Thank you very much, Derek. And looking forward to next week, obviously, US CPI is the big one. uh, But what else should we be looking out for next week that might be a key driver in FX?
2: Um, yeah, and, and going back to the first question, you know, another reason perhaps for the inability of the dollar to continue to sell off was just, you know, maybe there was a, some appetite for position squaring because obviously next week that is the that is the big event uh, from the US, and that will certainly shape yield direction and and, and therefore the dollar uh, more generally. Outside of that, uh, I think it's probably the UK is where we would definitely focus on. It's where you've got some pretty uh, important data i mentioned a moment ago weak uk data so we we had gdp today um, which relative to expectations was a little bit better than expected but when you look at the breakdown of the gdp today from the uk um, you know a lot of the the upside surprise if you like was was um, external demand related and you know that's, that's not something you can be dependent on. So the, the other factors were all pretty weak and it does point to continued weakness going forward. But next week, we got the CPI data and we've also got the jobs data. So, um, you know, the employment data in the UK is, is definitely becoming a little bit more interesting in potentially indicating a turning point. So we've already had three declines, three consecutive months of declines in the PAYE employment data. So that's uh, a, a month ahead of the, the ILO data. Um, and the consensus for the P-I- PAYE employment figure um, is for October is for a drop of 20,000. So that would be the fourth consecutive decline in the PAYE employment figures. So you know that's, that's the first time since COVID and it would certainly be indicative of, of the, a clear weakening in labour demand. And the median pay within that PAYE data uh, is definitely beginning to slow. So the annual, the annual rate is at 5.7% as of September. But we've looked at the, the six-month annualised rate. And that's at 4.2%. So the momentum is clearly to the downside. And um, this is a month ahead of other data, so I would certainly expect to start seeing um, in, uh, in, in, in the other wage data a, a clear kind of sign of of deceleration. Um, we also had the Recruitment and Employment Confederation figures. That's the, a, another survey, labour market survey. And it showed the eighth consecutive month of increased supply of labour and um, that has resulted in starting salaries falling to a thirty-month, a thirty-one-month uh, low. So you know, there's there's building evidence that labour market, that the labour market is softening. And I think when we look at the comments from Hugh Pill, the chief economist at the BoE this week, you know, he he was comfortable enough to acknowledge that a rate cut by the middle of next year was not unreasonable and you know that's maybe not a, a big statement for for most people to make um but for the chief economist from the bank of england he knew exactly what that would that would entail in terms of you know feeding expectations and um i think the bank are definitely becoming more comfortable with the idea that they're done and that the next move is going to be is going to be to the downside, and then of course the CPI is going to drop dramatically. So there's a, a two percentage point drop in the annual rate from six point seven to four point seven. Uh, a lot of that is down to the base effect from the off-gem price cap increase for utility bills that took place in October of 2022. That was an eighty-eight-zero percent increase and that will drop out of the the annual calculations in the data that we get next week. So that's the big reason for the drop in the headline. The core obviously won't drop to anything like that, but we should still see uh, some declines in the core rate I think 6.1% uh, down to 5.7% is the, is the consensus. But all in all, you know, I'd probably put more importance on the labour market data in terms of the Bank of England's thinking of where inflation is going to be in six months' time. And, you know, if, if we get further evidence of labour market weakness, I think it'll certainly reinforce the, the prospects of a rate cut from the BOE um, by the middle of next year. And, you know, there's about 60 basis points priced by the end of the year. Um that's less than 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 in Europe or in the US. So I think I think there's there's more that can be priced in um if the markets become more confident on a rate cut. And as more is priced in for the latter or the second half of next year, um I think that can certainly result in in, in sterling on the performance, maybe better reflected in, in euro sterling going higher rather than uh
1: rather than cable going lower because of our dollar view. Then finally, Derek, on the trade idea section of the FX Weekly, I know you were looking at potentially doing a short dollar position. So, could you just update the listeners on your current views, please?
2: Yeah, we we uh, we put on two uh, short US dollar positions, so w- one against the Swedish krona uh, and one against the Mexican peso. Uh, as you might guess, the Mexican peso was the was the riskier of those two. Trade ideas, and unfortunately, that swung back the other way. I mentioned the, the the poor thirty year U.S. Treasury bond auction, and the dollar bounced on the back of that, and that hit our hit our stock level. Um, so we've closed that one out, um, but we're still in the the dollar stocky shorts. Uh, I mentioned the the Swedish crown being the top performing currency this week, so that's worked well for us in terms of being long stocky. Um, yeah, you know, obviously the dollars come back more generally this week, but you know, we'd still, at this point in time, have a preference for for being short the dollar. Uh, obviously, as we've said, next week's important in terms of the the U.S. Uh, inflation print, but certainly the headline inflation print should drop. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I just think in general we're going in the direction of weaker weaker data, lower inflation, and better prospects that the Fed are done and that they can start cutting rates right sooner than elsewhere and uh, that that ultimately um, leads us to favour short dollar and uh, yeah for now we'll we'll keep that short dollar stock position. If the dollar does start to re-weaken again next week we'll probably look to, to add an or, another
1: short dollar trade
0: uh, at the end of next week.
1: Thank you very much Derek and wishing everyone a good week ahead. Thanks Michael and you.
0: Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.